Welcome to the Portage County Safety Council podcast. We hope you enjoy today's safety talk. Good morning, everyone, and welcome. Again, my name is Brenda with Swift First Aid, and I'm going to just give you a quick overview of bloodborne pathogens. But first of all, how many of you out there are already first responders with your company or out in the community? Raise your hand. Oh, I like seeing that. Well, how many of you are, are currently certified? Oh, I like hearing that too. That's very good. So we're going to use you as our expert. So if anybody gets stumped, we're going to throw the mic over to you. How about that? Okay. So bloodborne pathogens. Well, what are bloodborne pathogens? They're infectious bacteria, virus, microorganisms that can cause disease. Those pathogens are found in human blood. So say if you have someone that injures themselves, you know, at home or on the job site and they get a cut or an abrasion or something and there's blood present, there's a good chance we don't know whether or not they have any of these infectious bloodborne pathogens, but you need to treat that person as if they are infectious and be very careful. Because not only are these pathogens found in human blood, they're also found in virtually any fluid that comes out of a human body. So if there's vomit or feces or saliva, mucus, semen, vaginal fluids, and so on, potentially they could have bloodborne pathogens present. <laughs> So the most common types of bloodborne pathogens, we hear often about the hepatitis B virus. You hear also about the hepatitis C virus and the HIV, the human uh, immunodeficiency virus. The most infectious virus is the hepatitis B. Do you know that the hepatitis B virus can stay active on a surface for up to seven days, even if it's dry? Oh, yes, it can. I often tell the individuals that I train first responders when you're going to that first aid cabinet, before you open it, wipe it down with a disinfectant wipe. You want to be very careful because you can have an exposure there and not even know it. Uh, we've, I've had um, checked some of our first aid cabinets throughout the community just checking to make sure they're being serviced correctly. Happened to open up one, and inside, what did I find? I found a bloody paper towel, dry, sitting on top of the product, and I don't know how long it had been there. So you need to be very careful, okay? Because these viruses can cause disease and sickness in your body. These viruses have to have an opening to get in. So if you accidentally stick yourself with a dirty needle, or you have a cut or some type of abrasion, then you're going to be, it can be open to infection if you get someone else's blood on that site. Uh, who's at jeopardy? First responders are at great risk because you're coming in contact with blood and body fluid a lot. Uh, the housekeeping personnel, your janitors, maintenance people, Nurses and other healthcare professionals, 
high risk of exposure to these viruses. But I always tell people, you don't have to be afraid. You just have to do your due diligence to be safe. How can this be done? You're going to treat all blood, all body fluid as if it's infectious. Because the bottom line is, we don't know. And sometimes that person doesn't even know that they're carrying a virus. You can actually be exposed to one of these viruses, and it could be up to nine months before you even get any signs or symptoms that you're contagious or infectious. So do your due diligence. Treat all body fluids and blood as if it is infectious. When you're providing CPR, first aid, you want to do the first thing. Protect yourself first before you approach that victim or that patient. Treat yourself first. Protect yourself first. Treat the patient second. You're going to wear appropriate PPE. And we're going to have Nick demonstrate some of these PPE for us. Sometimes if there's a really bloody accident, you're going to put on a gown because you want to protect yourself from getting any blood on your body. So gown up. Safety first. Okay? The second, you're going to put on your other PPE, which is protective, personal protective equipment. You want to make sure you have some gloves on. Okay? Barrier, barrier, barrier. <laughs> you also want to make sure you put some eye face shields on, like goggles, eye mask. You want to put on a face mask, too. Maybe that person had hit a, an artery and the blood is splattering. Protect yourself first. If you have to do CPR, you want to use a resuscitation mask. You want to use a resuscitation mask or some kind of CPR barrier with one-way valves to ensure that that person's body fluid does not get on yourself. Also, if there is a cut on that victim, you can have that victim do everything they can themselves, like put the direct pressure on the wound, you give them a gauze, hey, put direct pressure on that, keep holding that, that way it's going to limit your exposure to their blood, okay? So if they're able to do that, have them do that. You know that OSHA requires first responders to have annual recertification or annual training if that worker or first responder is going to be exposed to blood or body fluids. So remember, you want to make sure you keep your certification and training current because it's nice to know to make sure that you're keeping safety first. And we hear all the time that someone forgets how to do a bloodborne pathogen or cleanup of an exposed blood on the floor, body fluid, because they went all year and they didn't have any injuries or no type of exposure spilled happened. So sometimes people forget how to do a proper bloodborne pathogen cleanup to clean up that spill. Also, we'll talk a little bit more about that later, hepatitis B Again, is the most contagious of the viruses, bloodborne pathogens. There is a, a vaccine that is available. It's a series of three injections. In order to be fully immunized, you have to have all three shots. So say if you got the first shot today, the second shot would be done in about 
30 days. The last injection has to be done within a five, six month window from the first one. And that vaccine is good for a lifetime. So pretty much you get it, you don't need it again. Okay. That injection is also, if you're working, is paid for by your employer. Okay. And it's not paid out of your regular insurance. The employer assumes that cost for their first responders. But what can we do to stay safe after treating a victim? We're going to go and wash our hands for at least 20 seconds with soap and water and uh, just sing happy birthday to yourself or practice the ABCs or something like that and make sure you do a good cleanup. If you are exposed to blood or body fluids, what you want to do, you're going to run and flush your eyes, that skin, your eyes, mouth, and nose out with large amounts of running water. You're going to report that exposure to your supervisor, and you should be seen by a doctor for further assessment. So in summary, and we'll talk about, we want to do whatever we can to stay safe, to limit our exposure to blood and body fluids. It's important to have proper training. Your choice of whether or not you want the hepatitis B vaccine is not a bad thing. If you're doing a lot of traveling or something like that, it's, it's nice to have as well. You want to make sure you protect yourself and wear the proper PPE, personal protective equipment. Don't be afraid or feel like you're hurting someone's feeling if you take the time to put some you know, face eye shields on, your goggles on, or your mask. You're important. Your safety is first. You're going to treat all blood and body fluids as if they're infectious. And that doesn't matter if it's, if, you're, if it's your husband, your wife, your child, your best friend, your boyfriend, your girlfriend. We don't know if their blood has a uh, pathogen in it. So treat it as if it is infectious. When you're treating a patient or a victim, you're going to encourage that patient to treat themselves. Hey, hold the pad down. Put some direct pressure on that. Let them do all that they can themselves to, again, limit your exposure. And then proper cleanup. That's important. Proper cleanup and disposal of contaminated items. There are universal cleanup kits that are available. They're going to have, like... Um, They should be in your first aid cabinet at all times. They have a lot of, everything in there is disposable. Your little broom, a little dustpan. You have gloves, you have an apron in there. Eye shields are available, sanitized wipes. If it's like vomit or something that you need to have gel to easily clean up, you can sprinkle that on there and it will gel and it'll be easier to get off the surface. And then you want to make sure you apply the disinfectant after you do that dry cleanup. And what I mean is you have a spill, you're going to get all that liquid off of that surface. Then you're going to take your sanizide or your disinfectant and you're going to apply it to that surface and leave it on there the allotted time. So don't just spray it and wipe it up. If it says two minutes, five minutes, you need to leave it on there that long so it kills that virus. And then you're going to take as many paper towels as you need, for example, and you're going to dry that area or do what we call the wet cleanup. Then you're going to dispose of those items in the proper biohazard bag, a red biohazard bag, and dispose of that properly. If it's a sharp object like glass or needles, don't put those in those plastic red bags. They need to go into a sharp container, a plastic sharp container, 
to avoid any additional exposure and injury. And then again, you're going to wash your hands with soap and water after you remove those gloves safely. You can wash your hands, soap and water for 20 seconds, and then you have it. That's how you're going to stay safe. So I have a couple questions for you, and we have a few things. Let me see how many of you can answer these questions. Who can quickly, briefly, tell me, what is a blood-borne pathogen? Oh, come on now. That's okay. Thank you. Um, any bodily fluids, um, blood, saliva, any secretions that are infected? That are infected. And again, we don't know if that body fluid, any uh, things like that, blood, if they have a virus in it. So you're going to treat it as if it is contagious. And then give an example of a different type of body fluid that potentially could have pathogens in it. I named all those things. There's some right here. You can spit. saliva, spit. Who said that? Anybody else? Come on, we got a lot of them. Yes. Yeah, vomit right over here. Raise your hand. We're going to give you something over. Anybody else? Urine. Urine right here. Good job. He's listening. Yeah, semen. Who said that over here? Somebody, is that you, Bob? Nobody's fessing up to it. <laughs> oh, nobody's fessing up to that. Okay. And of course, blood could have pathogens in it that could cause an infection. Can any of you name one of the three most common viruses found in human blood or body fluids? Yes, ma'am. HIV. Very good. Oh, she named them all. Hep B, Hep C. Okay, thank you. And what does PPE stand for? Oh, say it again. That's right. Very good. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. For more episodes, check us out on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbeam, or Stitcher. To get new episodes sent directly to your phone or smart device, be sure to subscribe. To learn more about how your company can earn up to a 4% Ohio BWC premium rebate by becoming an active member of the Portage County Safety Council, please visit our website at www.portagecountysafetycouncil.wordpress.com. The preceding information is for entertainment purposes only. Views expressed may not reflect the views of any affiliated or sponsoring individuals or organizations. Listeners should carefully weigh information provided and seek advice from an appropriate professional before implementing. Listener discretion is advised.